This episode is sponsored by Honey Love. Honey Love is revolutionizing the bra game. Can you think of a bra that you actually like to wear? One that doesn't poke you, does not hurt, and that you kind of forget that you're wearing? For me, I'm thinking of my Honey Love bra. I have fully said goodbye to wearing underwire and bulky fabric bras that trap heat. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. The fabric is super soft and it feels like a second skin and you'll immediately feel and notice the difference. Right now, I'm wearing the silhouette bra and I'm totally forgetting that I'm wearing a bra, but it totally lifts. It feels so supportive. It looks so good under shirts. And it's not like those bras that give you that uniboob effect when you put on a tight shirt or tight clothes. It separates, it lifts, it does everything that a bra should be doing. I'm also obsessed with the shapewear. I have the superpower thong, which is kind of like this mid-stomach shapewear piece. The way that it gives my body this hourglass shape that I did not know that I had and is so comfortable. I have traditional shapewear from a few different brands and they kind of hurt so bad. Within a couple hours, I feel like I can't breathe. But with Honey Love's shapewear, it's so comfortable. It's meant to be able to breathe, to live your day-to-day life in. And I feel like I can definitely use the shapewear for my wedding. So I'm very excited about that. So if you're ready to step into that next level comfortable bra and shapewear, it's your time to get Honey Love. Go to honeylove.com slash already friends and you can get 20% off your entire order with that link. So it's honeylove.com, H-O-N-E-Y-L-O-V-E.com slash already friends for 20% off. Make sure to use that code to show your support of the show. And thanks again to Honey Love for sponsoring the Already Friends podcast. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Already Friends. This is Kara. This is Allison. And this is Grace. <laughs> Hello. Today we're having on Grace Frisella to talk about the physical wellness dimension. As you guys know, we are currently doing our Eight Dimensions of Wellness series, kicking off the new year. And yeah, we have on a lovely guest today, Grace. She's local to St. Louis. She's here at my house. Mm, and so excited to be here. Yeah, she's going to talk to us all about physical fitness. She has quite the background, quite the story. So we're excited to get into that. But first, we're going to catch up and do yeah, quick, quick touch base with how everything's going with our lives and then share peaks and then get into it. Amazing. Grace, do you want to start since you, you're sure. new here? So the floor is yours. Okay. Um. Well, my boyfriend owns a coffee shop. It's in Midtown near St. Louis University's campus. If you guys ever come to St. Louis, definitely come by. It's called Omen. And I just picked my shifts back up there. I took a little holiday break. So I'm there five days a week doing the cashier barista thing. It's very fun. And yeah, I recently... I guess also a part of my job, which we can get into in a little bit, is being a content creator. So I have been working hard to land me some deals. Kara 
gets it. <laughs> it's tough <laughs> this, out here. This month, but got some good ones. So um, that was really exciting for January. But yeah, that's... And if you guys listened a couple weeks ago, Omen is the coffee shop that I shouted out on that episode about the coffee shop that their mantra is just to go above and beyond. And that's what makes them successful. So yes. yeah, that is Omen. We really appreciated that shout out, Kara. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Mark. I finally met Mark and he was like, that was so awesome. I listened to the whole podcast. I oh, love the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, you're the one who said it. I just paraphrased <laughs> what you said. So. And then you came in and yeah. we got to hang out for like two hours. It was awesome. Impromptu coffee day. I have to ask. Okay. Timeline-wise, did you and your boyfriend open this together? Did he have it before you started dating? No. So my boyfriend and I have been together. It'll be four years in June. And ever since I met him, we both worked at the same company. It was called First Form. If any of you guys are familiar, that's where we met. And he had always expressed interest in opening a coffee shop. But, you know, it was always just kind of like this like dream and when we both left the company, he got the opportunity to open it. And he's like, hey, I think I want to do this. And I was like, okay. Now I had no idea what that looked like. And looking back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wouldn't change it. But holy moly. And you, Allison, as a small business owner, understand what it takes to get a brick and mortar up and running. And boy, has it been an adventure. (laughs) It's been crazy. There's definitely a lot behind the scenes that people don't see. Yeah, for sure. And I think for me, I Mark does a lot of like the numbers, the day-to-day operations, the business side of things. My like participation has been more the rest of life. So making sure that like all of our other bases are covered so that he can stay as focused as he can on growing the shop as fast as he can. Because yeah, it's been it's been really awesome to see the growth. We've haven't even been open a year yet. It'll be a year in March, but but it's been awesome. And in our community, it's just incredible. So yeah, we love companies and businesses that do focus on community. And I feel like Omen just hits that nail on the head. Like you guys crush it at getting people together. You have running club, you have girls nights, Mm -hmm. like you guys do so much. And it's so appreciated, at least for me. Like I love the warmth that you feel when you go into Omen and the people that hang out there are awesome and cool and just, yeah, really fun people that you guys get together. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah. Allison, what's new with you? Well, on the small business note, kind of related, I decided that the spare bedroom of my apartment, I wanted to list on Airbnb because I love traveling to other places. And when I'm at home, of course, I have my other Airbnb, but it's totally separate. Like I never get to meet those guests. It's self-check-in. They check themselves out. Sure, we communicate over messages a little bit, but like I don't ever really get to meet them. And so I was like kind of missing that and wanted to just see what it would be like to rent out the spare bedroom to just either like a single traveler or like a couple. And so I posted the listing on Sunday and I thought it would take a little while, even though I should have known better because when I posted the other Airbnb listing, remember, Kara, we had that booking literally that day. (laughs) Yeah. Well, basically the same thing happened already. It's not even been 48 hours and I've had four bookings and someone is checking in tomorrow and I'm like, oh, fuck, like it's not quite ready (laughs) at all. So tomorrow I'm going to be busy, but it's good because it's lighting a fire under my ass to like get it going. And otherwise this room is literally just like a massive closet storage room. So it's not even being well utilized. And then I can 
help pay my rent, meet people. I think it'll be fun. So yeah, that has kind of been my project was deep cleaning everything, getting organized. And I just have so much fun creating the spaces, like deciding what the layout's going to be, like the bedding, the decor, all of that, taking the photos, making the listing. And then once it's up and going, it is fun. But the startup phase of it is definitely my favorite. Oh, it's good. It's your favorite. That's good. Yes. I was going to say, if I could just do a lot that of work. part. Yeah, I know. Uh, Clay was asking me, he's like, of all the things that you do, what is your favorite part? And I'm like, just starting Airbnb listings. <laughs> <laughs> like taking the photos, getting the name figured out, how you're going to mm-hmm. rank, like that stuff. Yeah, that part and like physically setting up, mm-hmm. like the furniture, the layout, the theme of the place. So if anyone out there wants to start an Airbnb, hire me. I'd love to set it up for you. I mean, honestly, <laughs> you can do yeah. it in a day. That's amazing. Because Allison even went to, you went to like a whole intensive workshop too. No way. In California about how to do it. So I feel like you That's really amazing. do. I didn't even know such things existed. <laughs> yeah. How cool. I mean, there's a market for everything out there, but that is so cool. I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that's going well. Thank you. And how about you? I know. What are, I was always thinking, I'm like, what are my updates here? When I'm home, I'm just really... I finished a book yesterday. Hey. I finished The Courage to Be Disliked. It's the Japanese phenomenon that will teach you how to be happy and change your life. And one of my friends, one of our girls on the Patreon, because I was talking about it uh, last week, she was, to change your life? I don't know. I feel like a lot of these concepts, now with social media and podcasts, I feel like I've heard a lot of these com- concepts on podcasts now. Can I say something kind of controversial? Yeah, like, go for it. I feel it. like all personal development books say the same thing in a different form. And it takes people like getting through... Like it, it depends how much they land with you on how much you're willing to actually implement them. I agree. Because I know how, I know so many people who read books and like they've read every personal development book under the sun and they, they, <laughs> they, still, they still haven't <laughs> changed. Like, and not, not that, you know, it affects me whether or not how they live their life, but they just preach this mantra of like, I'm super disciplined and I'm, you know, mm-hmm. this, that or the other thing. And, and, I think that they there's so much value in books if you're willing to actually implement what they say. So 100%. I, they absolutely can be like life-changing. And But also to me, I've read 10, 15, 20 personal development books at this point. And I'm like, okay, I've heard this one before. No, <laughs> so I, it's a fine line. I, I 100% agree with that. And that this book definitely addresses that because they, basically the whole premise of the book is called The Courage to Be Disliked. It's Adlerian psychology, which is from Adler. So So there's Jung psychology, Freudian psychology, Mm -hmm. and then there's Adler psychology. So there's these different theories of psychology. And mostly in our society, it's Freud's psychology that is mostly accepted. Like trauma, cause and effect. Like Mm -hmm. this happened to you in your childhood. So that's why you're this way. But his philosophy is that all we have is right now, the present. So trauma doesn't exist because the past isn't real. And you being angry, like if someone cuts you off, like you're choosing to be angry because basically there's all these different things of how all his basic philosophy is that all problems are interpersonal problems. And so yeah, his big main points are that trauma isn't real. You have the tools to change your life and be happy right now. Like, Hmm. oh, I don't know. All these different circumstances aren't real in his eyes. And he said that in his book, it takes half of your number of total years you've lived on this earth to understand Adler psychology and to implement it. So if I'm 27, it'll take me 13 years to learn and practice it. 
So if you're 20 and you learn it, it'll only take you so like you're 30 to understand it and really mm. implement it. So it is very, like you said, yeah, like right now, I don't think I could change my life and fully implement yeah. these policies or his rules, I guess, immediately because it is so different than what our society teaches. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's like trauma. You're choosing to be depressed. Mm. But like, you know, and you're looking for things in your past mm-hmm. to validate a feeling that you're trying to feel. Mm-hmm. Like you can choose to be happy. So I don't know. It's kind of controversial. I do love thought provoking. Like things are just so drastically different that Mm -hmm. they really get you thinking. And I think it's so important for people, whether or not you agree or disagree, to at least just be open to the idea of something different and and consider it. Because if at the very least, it helps you confirm what you do believe, but Mm -hmm. it could open you up to an entirely new set of ideas change your life, you know? Yeah. And his thing of all problems are interpersonal problems. Like if you have a problem with your height or the way you look, it's only because you care how other people are going to perceive you. Like if you were the only person living on this earth and you were five foot tall, you would not care that you're five (laughs) foot tall because... That's just how it is. That's all you know. (laughs) But it's like, yeah, but it's like the other people that you're comparing yourself to or... No, yeah. I love that you said that. It's like that quote. It's, we don't care what other people think of us. It's, we care what other people think of us of what we think they think of us. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not what what they actually think. It's what we think they think. Yeah. So it was, I I don't think it's like changed my life yet. I think it might be one of those things where you need to reread and digest because it's so different, but I really enjoyed it. And I I mean, I definitely recommend, and I was telling someone if I was in like a really bad place, maybe it would have changed my Mm -hmm. life more, but I don't feel like, like, I feel like I try to choose happiness already. (laughs) I feel like books too hit so different depending on where you're at. Like I've reread books and they, I pull something completely different from them every time I read them. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I kind of am now really curious about going down that Adler, you said, psychology? Yeah, Adler. Okay, I'm going to have to write this down because I wonder if this theory goes with it of like, if current you has done something, future you has already done it, so you can just do it. And last night I had this dream. You know when you're waking up, you remember your dreams more, like the ones mm-hmm. right before mm-hmm. you wake up? Maybe that's yeah. just me. No, 100%. I like like to lay in bed and think about, I'm like, what was every part of my dream? Yes. <laughs> I like yes, to rethink yes. about it. And I'm like trying not to open my eyes because I'm like, this is such a good dream. I'm like trying to stay in it. Yeah. But I had one of those this morning and it was for this thing that I like really, really want. And so I was like marinating in that dream. And then I spent like the first hour crafting this message to send to this person of the thing that was in my dream of how I could make that into reality. And the first iteration of the message, I was like, that's wrong. Like before I sent it, I was just sitting there and I was like, that doesn't feel right. Like I tried to put myself in another person's shoes of receiving it. And I was like, I don't think that's how I want to go about this. And so then I like rewrote it sat on it and was like, okay, future me has already done this. So what does it look like? And I tried to like future jump into the future version of me that already had that in the dream and in reality. And then I did it and I got the perfect reply that I wanted. Mm, So I feel like that's kind of the, maybe, maybe that's part of this. I don't know, but it's not cause and effect. It's just is. Yeah. That's, I, that's tough to say as a newly Adler <laughs> scholar. <laughs> You're student, not an expert after I'm one no book. expert, but <laughs> that you should definitely read the book and see if that feels like it aligns with what he thinks. Okay. Cause I'd never heard of Adler. Had you? No, never. Yeah. I had a teacher named me, Mr. Adler, but I don't think he was a psychologist. <laughs> like, I don't think he was, he was a basketball was... coach, you know? I don't... <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, that's funny. Okay. Should we do Peaks of the Week? Yeah. Okay, do you have a peak off the top of your head? Oh, I was thinking about it. I think this podcast is my peak of the week because oh I've never been on a podcast before and I've been listening to your guys and I love it. And I'm just so excited that I get to be a part of it. So thanks for having me on. Gosh, thanks for being here. Allison, what do you think? I'm so sorry. I was like trying to hold in a belly laugh like that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse my silence. Um, no, seriously, thank you so much for being here. My peak is that I hired a cleaner finally for the Airbnb. That is a big step. And I truly do love doing the cleaning, but it's almost a therapy for me that when I want to avoid other things I need to do, I'm like, oh, I can just clean for hours because it's productive. Yeah. So I have her coming every Monday until further notice to at least help with my current workload and I can still have some control over it, but I'm letting up as much control as I'm willing to give right now. And then I have to say this, you guys don't need to reply to anything about the cleaner, but Grace, you being on talking about physical wellness made me think that I can't believe, Claire, I didn't text you this. When I was at the airport, I was coming back from Medellin. I was in Miami and I was in the mobile passport line. And guess who directly behind me walked up in line? I don't know. Who? Sid Adams. Who That's we had what I was going to guess. Year. I straight up oh, was going to guess that. Oh my God. Really? Were you? Yes. I feel like I just saw her come back from a trip and I know she's been on your pod. I oh haven't gotten gosh. to listen to that episode yet, but yeah. Wait, did you get to talk to her? Yeah, because we were waiting in line for like a solid 10 minutes waiting no for passport control. That's so funny. That's so awesome. It was just such a small world moment for both of us. We were like, wait, oh my God. Hi. Nice <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> Because we haven't actually met in person yet. That is so crazy. And this is in the Atlanta airport? Miami. Miami. Oh my gosh. She was coming back from St. Lucia. That's right. Oh my gosh. Wow. She seems like the cutest person ever. She really was. And it was crazy because we were talking about how we've both been slacking on getting global entry. And I was like, you know, technically like I paid for it, but I just like can't get the appointment. And I was like, why can't they just set up some little stand in the airport so I can just go get it done? We were literally talking about that. We walk around the corner and there's this sign. It's like conditionally approved global entry people. And Clay's like, you mean something like that? And I was like, <laughs> literally something exactly like that. And I walk up and I was like, so can I get global entry right now? And the dude working was so funny. He's like, you ever been arrested? And I was like, um, yeah, once when I was like 18 for an MIP. And he's like, what's that? <laughs> I was like, um, minor in possession. And he's like, where are you from? Why do they call it that? And I was like, I don't know, Nebraska. And he's like, okay. And he's like typing away. And he's like, looks like everything's good besides that. And he's like, you're approved. And he's like, it'll get an email within like 20 minutes. And it was just done and over with. And we did my fingerprints on the spot and good to go now, I guess. And you're like, why on the internet does it say next appointment time, 2026? Literally, I have to do that in Omaha. For, I think I bought that in like 2020. I've been waiting four oh years for an appointment gosh. for something that was done and over with in maybe five minutes. That's crazy. Also, how is 2020 four years ago? I still feel like we're in 2022. <gasps> I, I think we time warped a little bit. We did. We did. For sure. I agree with all those TikToks. I don't, a lot of those crazy spiritual quantum hopping TikToks, I take with a grain of salt, but the time <laughs> one, I'm on board for that one. Allison, did you go to Mizzou too? No, I went to Lincoln. Oh, okay. Where'd you go? 
I went to Mizzou. I was just, I, what year did you graduate, Kara? 2018. Okay. So I started in 2018. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you're a baby. Missed, yeah. I'm a babe. Yeah. Wow. I'm a, I'm a uh, age ambiguous, I think, because I'm an old <laughs> soul. So a lot of people think that I look young, but a lot of people think I'm older than I am. I feel like you look your age. Thank you. Because you're 24, right? Yeah. Yeah. 24. You look 24, I feel like. Thank you. Um, yeah, but yeah. you carry yourself well. Thank like, you. Way yeah, yeah, better I than I carry that. myself at 24. Yeah. I try. I also only hang out with people who are like, five to 10 years older than me. So I kind of like think of myself as like mentally 30 and definitely emotionally not 30. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. No, you're very mature. Well, thanks. But you don't look old. Thanks. Because if someone tells you you look old, that's like the biggest blow. I know. I'm to like, your soul. You're like, oh, yeah. thanks. <laughs> um, okay, oh my yes. God. Can we also okay. talk about the TikTok trend right now of like, just so you guys know, this is what a raw... 30-year-old's face looks and people just like in the comments just annihilating these normal-looking women. Okay, I actually just posted a TikTok that was in reference to natural beauty because I have not personally had any work done or fillers or injections or anything to Mm -hmm. my face. And it's sad, dude. Like, I feel so bad for young women specifically who grow up in, in this era. Not to say that like you shouldn't have the right to put whatever you want in your face, but it's just so tough when the like beauty standard nowadays. I feel like it's like way back when in like the 80s when everyone was like dark, dark, tan, super skinny and blonde. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what you felt like you needed to look like to be quote unquote beautiful. And now it's like we have social media and filters and AI and plastic surgery. And these young girls are like, like there are girls in college that are getting Botox. I'm like, dude. And, and Sometimes I really feel like it ages people even more. Like if, especially if you don't quote unquote, like need it, you don't have wrinkles or whatever. I just, I feel like it has the opposite effect. But again, like, I, I don't know. It's just so, it's so tough watching little girls, like feel like, like the 10 year old Sephora girls. Have you seen that trend on TikTok? The little 10 year olds that are like invading Sephora for like the the retinol and it's like. They're getting retinol on drunk elephant with like vitamin C. I'm like. This is probably burning their skin. I know. I know. But like I... So anyway, I posted a video and I was like, listen, like this is basically like despite what society tells you, like it's okay to not do all these things. Like you're still beautiful if your forehead doesn't have Botox or if your lips don't have filler, or if your hair is its natural texture, if you have acne scars, like those are very real things that our society just uses a beauty filter or some IPL lasers or Juvederm to cover up and it's it's becoming the norm and it's it's sad. I've given a hot take on the podcast before about the same thing. I'm just like social media and all these influencers are the best things that ever happened to mm-hmm. plastic surgeons. Yes, it's like true. up 800%. <laughs> no way. Yes. If you 800%? look at 800%. No, it's insane. Wow, that's crazy. But yeah, did anyone did you guys read Uglies Mm-mm. as a kid? It's like, yeah. a, oh my God, yes. I forgot about those. <laughs> you were probably memory. like five, Grace. <laughs> What'd you say? You were probably <laughs> only like five. You probably <laughs> I'm thinking about our age gap. <laughs> yeah, no, I read them in like middle school. So that would, that probably okay. checks out. Yeah. It's just about a society where everyone gets plastic surgery and mm. you turn a certain age and you get your whole face changed. And I don't even remember that actually what happens, but it definitely is what's happening Yeah. now. Yeah. I just... And that came out in 2006 or something. So they just... I don't know. They pre- sometimes I, I okay. This is also kind of a tin hat moment, but sometimes I feel like the media and books and stuff like kind of predict the future. They they say that. Like, I mean, how does The Simpsons do it? Oh That's know. if you ever look at those videos. I know that'll scare yeah, you. It's crazy. They predicted everything. They predicted Trump. They predicted 
like Y2K. They predict everything. It's weird. Okay. Side note, back to the, what was I going to say? Wrapping that thought up, I feel like the pendulum's going to swing back though. I feel like it's swinging so far one way and I've already mm-hmm. seen a trend of people dissolving their filler, dissolving Getting their implants yeah, taken out. I think, yeah. I think there's hope. Yeah. I know. I yeah. Because everyone, of course, like you said, can do whatever they want, but it's just setting a standard that that's the standard. That's where it gets low. That you have to look a certain way to, in order to be worthy or beautiful or... Yeah. Yeah. That's where it definitely Well, is. and when things become mainstream. So remember when the Kardashians were getting BBLs mm-hmm. and then when everyone started to get a, a big ass, they were like, okay, now I want to be skinny. And so then when it became attainable to be skinny and now we have Ozempic, people are like, okay, now what we're going to get into lifting. And so it's whatever is like the most unachievable that then becomes yeah. the most desired. And now that everyone not everyone, but the mainstream is getting lip filler, under eye stuff, Botox, microbladed eyebrows, all of that. Since it's so accessible to everyone now, it's not. Cool I, it's still very expensive, but it is way more accessible than it was yeah, five years ago. Totally. As that becomes the norm, people are like, "Well, I want to be different." So now it's like almost becoming more popular to have no work done because mm-hmm. it's less common. And yeah, why couldn't it just have been the start from the get go? I know. I feel like people just have to. I, I keep saying like fail forward. Like you just have to go through something, especially like I'm super stubborn and especially in a business setting, like my boyfriend has so much more experience than I do. And he tries to tell me and I'm like, no, and I just do it. And I make the exact mistake that he told me I was going to. And I'm like, see, now I know. Now I know not to do that. And he's like, mm-hmm. I literally told you that. <laughs> I just want to put an asterisk that no one is bad or wrong to have gotten any of these things done. I think what we're going for is that it's sad that our society has made us feel like that's necessary instead of just a fun thing to do. Yes. Yes. It's like the the starting point. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whatever makes you feel confident, because I think that's ultimately like what my hope is for people is that you are able to feel confident no matter how you look. And if that's if it's a choice that you want to make to get fillers or Botox and that makes you feel better about you and the way that you show up, then more power to you. But I just don't mm-hmm. feel like we should be setting a standard that young women need to get something to look or feel confident in themselves. Yes, I agree with everything you said. No judgment from us. Whatever makes you feel best is best. But yeah, just good things to talk about and to, I don't know, have a conversation about. Okay, my peak really quick. Speaking of failing forward... I'm going to say my peak was this weekend. Um, the guy who coined that term, John Maxwell, was speaking here in St. Louis. And I got to go see him speak. Aww. So he's written, I think he sold over 70 or 17, one of the two, 17 million <laughs> books. He wrote the Fail Forward book, business, entrepreneurial advice. So it was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. So I've actually, I've not read any of his books. He has a lot of very famous business and leadership books is what his kind of specialty is. But I'm going to have to read some of them now that I saw him. So, As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. Did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source. Track everything across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. 
Connect with customers both inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash already friends. That is all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash already friends to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the already friends podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Rosetta Stone. They're the most trusted language learning program out there. They've been experts for 30 years and millions of users have trusted them to help them learn second, third, fourth languages. And this is especially timely for me because one of my goals for the year, I literally just said this in our Patreon goal setting workshop last week, is that I want to learn Spanish. I studied German in college and unfortunately, I don't get to go to Germany or Austria very often. But I have been spending a lot of time in South America and Mexico. I spent all of January in Colombia and I loved it so much that I'm going back in April. I'm going to Tulum next week. And I'm like, you know what? It is time that I really buckle down and get better at Spanish. If you also are thinking of traveling more, learning second, third, fourth languages, I can't recommend getting started with Rosetta Stone enough. If you would like to get Rosetta Stone and not put off learning language any longer, there's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Already Friends listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem 50% off at rosettastone.com today. And thank you to Rosetta Stone for sponsoring the Artie Friends podcast and helping me in my Spanish language learning journey. All right, real quick, we want to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered straight to your door. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, and more. We absolutely love Factor. I cannot even tell you how delicious these meals are, guys. And I just love that you just throw it in the microwave. It's ready in two minutes. I've had some crazy busy weeks lately, and all of my free time, I'm wedding planning. I'm trying to eat right for my wedding, and Factor makes it so easy to do that. They have high protein meals, which I love. I'm trying to hit those 30 grams of protein every single meal. And Factor meals do that time and time again. They have delicious snacks, smoothies, and more. I love the coffee and chocolate breakfast smoothie. It's a protein smoothie and it is so delicious. I just can't tell you enough of how good and delicious Factor is. It's seriously the real deal. And if you guys use our code alreadyfriends50, you'll get 50% off. Again, that is alreadyfriends50 for 50% off your first order. And that's at factormeals.com. So go to factormeals.com slash alreadyfriends50 to give Factor a try for yourself. It's seriously so worth it. And we're so grateful to have them as a sponsor of the Already Friends podcast. Okay, should we read our listeners peaks? Oh, Lane said, starting to feel my baby kick. <gasps> Congratulations. Wow, that's so cool. Women's bodies are so bad at it. Can I curse? Mm. Yeah, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Badass. <laughs> but wait, I have to shout this. This should have been a peak. Clay's brother and his wife had a baby girl. <gasps> so it's Clay's first niece, and she's mm. literally perfect. You know, some babies, like every baby's cute, but then there's some <laughs> that you see and you're like, 
Oh my God, that baby is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. 100%. Oh, I can't wait to meet her. Aww. Do they live in Omaha too? Des Moines. So I think we'll probably go this weekend to go meet her. Cute. Yeah, some babies are just literally perfect. <laughs> like, so adorable. Christy said, I got a promotion. Congratulations, Christy. Woo-hoo. That's amazing. Um, Isabella G said, I became an aunt and they named her middle name after me. Stop. So That's cute. so cute. So many babies. And then Isabella so was precious. on her first week of trip. Congrats. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Lots of Capricorn babies. You guys are your travel junkies and you are so tempting me. You're giving me the bug. <gasps> I'm like, oh, where do I need to go? I need to book a trip ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> we try. We try. I'm going to Tulum next week. You guys can oh, come. My oh my gosh. That's so fun. Don't tempt me. It's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. And as always, send in your peaks of the week on our Instagram story box every Monday. The Instagram is at Already Friends Podcast. Okay, perfect. Well, getting into today's topic, we have Grace here, of course, and we're going to talk about physical wellness. So I think we can just jump right into it. Do you want to introduce yourself? Give us your background. You played college sports. You've worked in the physical wellness space. We want to hear it all. Yeah. So I've been an athlete my whole life. I was a competitive gymnast from age like three to gosh, 12, I think. So like 11 years. And I was at the time that I ended up quitting gymnastics, I think I was practicing 25 hours a week as an 11 or 12 year old. So that would, that looked like four hour practices, five days a week, and then like a five to six hour practice. So it was, it was a lot of practice for me. So definitely always very athletic from that age when I left gymnastics, obviously that left a huge void in my little life. So I was trying to figure out, you know, what do I fill that time with? And so my mom actually played field hockey in high school and she was like, you should try it out. And that was a really big shift for me because gymnastics, if you guys don't know much about it, it's an individual sport. There are people who are on your team, obviously, but when it comes down to the competition, you're all competing against one another, essentially. Mm -hmm. So shifting to a team sport was something totally different. (laughs) And I picked up field hockey pretty well. One of the perks of gymnastics is that it kind of sets you up with your body-mind connection to be able to translate to almost any other sport. So yeah, picked up field hockey and then I actually played it all through high school and then a year division one in college. So that was super fun. But yeah, I think uh, college athletics is something that you have to be really, 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 really mentally prepared for. And I just was not, it was kind of a last minute decision for me. And I, you know, my coaches were like, Grace, we really think that you can do this. And I was like, well, shit, I might as well try, you know, what? Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave any stone unturned. And so I went for it. I played at St. Louis University. We were literally, I think there are 70 at the time, maybe 72 Division I field hockey teams. We were 72 out of 72. Oh my god. So gosh. um yeah, it was it was a huge commitment to not be very good. So mm. and also what's weird is SLU is in the A10 conference. And if you guys don't know, that's like, oh my gosh, who's in that conference? Like Richmond and Virginia. There is but you guys like all over. They're all on the East Coast. Okay. The Atlantic 10. So we were flying or driving to the East Coast every other weekend, pretty yeah. much for the whole first semester of college. And it was like, my coach was like completely dry first semester. 
don't underage drink kids. But in the first semester of college, like that's just totally like, it's such a different experience than I'm sure you had. Like, I, I don't want to, you know, push perceive what your first semester of college looks like, <laughs> yeah. but I know you went to Mizzou. So I know you're at least exposed <laughs> to it. <laughs> so, you know, it was a lot of yes, drinking yes. Yeah, and going to parties and things like yeah, that. Yeah. And you know, it was really hard. I was watching all of my friends from high school go through Rush Mm. while I was sitting, we had our first preseason tournament in upstate New York. And I had been dry since July doing my like over the summer packet. And I remember like they recruited me to play college field hockey as defenseman. And I was really good. But then they didn't have a spot because it was all filled with seniors. So when I got to college, they were like, so actually we're going to put you at midfield, which is a common thing. It, It happens. You have to be malleable as a player. But midfield is like a lot of running and a lot of just up and back on the field. And my little legs were just not prepared for that shit. So I basically, you know, they put me in one of the first preseason games. I did terribly, unsurprisingly, because I had never played that position before. And I'm playing against 22-year-old women as an 18-year-old and I'm five Mm -hmm. foot. So I was just this teeny little thing. And I remember sitting on the side of this lake. We were staying in these cabins. This whole college sports experience was a fever dream. And we can get more into that later. But they put us up in these little two-bedroom cabins on the side of this lake, which sounds glamorous. It was not. Think (laughs) summer camp cabin and pull-out couch, four people to a cabin. And I'm sitting in this cabin. I'm bawling my eyes out. I called my mom and my dad and I'm like, I don't think I can do this. And they're like, just stick it out through the season. You're just, you know, you got, you're, you're in too deep now, basically. Like after this, you can change your mind. And so I did. I stuck it out through a season. And I'm really glad that I did that because otherwise I I think I would have always wondered like what if I didn't what if I did that um but also like you know I I sacrificed a lot because of that. You know, I didn't end up uh, rushing formally through a sorority, which honestly was a a blessing in disguise because formal rush, oh my God, it seems like the most miserable thing on planet Earth. I informally rushed when I transferred to Mizzou. I transferred halfway through my freshman year. And then, yeah, I, I also had to remake all new friends. I really don't keep in touch with many of the people that were on my team before because when I left, they kind of were all like, screw you and... Uh, and then what's crazy is like after I left, there were like six girls that left after me. Oh my god, <laughs> It was just rough. It was a rough program. But anyway, yeah, back to fitness. So yeah, that really, those consecutive years of being in sports, I had just always had a love for movement. It was just something that was always really fun for me, a stress outlet for me, a team building, friendship making thing in my life. And when I quit college field hockey... I actually had like, I got to Mizzou and I actually had like a whole semester where I think I went out like every night and just didn't care like what I ate or how like how I moved. I was just like, anything that's the complete opposite of what I just experienced is what I'm going to tap into right now. And so I had a lot of fun, but definitely like the end of that semester, I was like, okay, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> This is too much. So then, yeah, I kind of found prior to going to college, I like trained with a personal trainer a little bit just to get familiarity in the gym with the equipment. So I wasn't like walking into a weight room for the first time in a college athletic setting and being like, what the heck is a barbell? So I knew kind of after that point what to do, but I really dove more into what is traditional bodybuilding training look like? What does it look like to work out in a gym setting versus going to work out on the field or 
with a group or whatever. So yeah, I I really kind of came full circle sort of and rediscovered kind of what that looks like. Got super into lifting and just working out in the traditional sense that everyone thinks about like pumping iron and doing the whole thing. Uh, But you know, and it worked for me. It worked for me for a while. I actually did 75 hard. I know you guys did a podcast on that. And that was like what really began to change my life. I highly recommend everyone try it at least one time. It's it. I think the first time is, and Allison, I don't know, maybe you agree or disagree with this, but um, I think the first time is the most impactful because it really takes you from living the life that you're living prior and opens your eyes to your potential and the best version of you and what you could be doing if you just change these small things. So did that. And that was during COVID. So my, I literally, I think in January, 2020, I started uh, 75 hard and March, everything shut down. So I moved home and my internship got canceled and I was like, what the heck am I going to do? And my cousins actually own first form and they were like, Hey, come do an internship with us. And I was like, I don't have anything else to do. Which is crazy to say because there are a lot of people that would like absolutely kill for that opportunity because it doesn't come around very often. And it was an amazing opportunity. I'm so grateful. It totally changed my life and the trajectory of where I was going to go and opened me up to like applied fitness. And I actually got my personal trainer certification while I was there, learned so much about nutrition and tracking macros and adapting that to a lifestyle and just all sorts of different stuff. Um, And then... Wait, what was that like working with family? Yeah. So working with family is... My mom actually works there too, actually. So there's there's a lot of my fam that's in there. Yeah, it's fun. I, I work with family now also with my boyfriend. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's great. If I'm being totally honest, I don't think I would recommend ever working with family because it has the potential to put strain on relationships that if they're really important to you, you know, you just don't even want to sacrifice or put it at risk. My family is amazing and I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to work with them, but it also definitely has the potential to change the dynamic of your relationship too. Um, Mm And I've seen that with my boyfriend and I, like it's a struggle to turn off work mode and turn on sensitive and intimate or just let your guard down and just talk about things other than like, hey, did you write this email? Did you do this graphic? What about this event? Did you finish this? And yeah, so it's totally, it's a whole nother level of work for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Working with family is not for the week. Let me just tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) They're great though. I, I absolutely love my family that works at first form, but yeah, it's totally, you know, and, and something too, like when I was there, it, it's almost because I, and not to like toot my own horn or sound arrogant or anything like that, but I've always been a really like perfectionist high achiever. So when I do things, I tend to try to do them like as best as I possibly can because anything else feels unnatural to me. So even though I may have been qualified for certain things because I'm, because your family, you know, you're, you run the risk of making it look like 
you're being played as a favorite or something like that. So it's almost like this weird reverse psychology of there are like more hoops for you to jump through in a sense because you are related to the people who work there. So that was an interesting dynamic too. And and that's just my personal experience. I can't speak for that for everybody else who works with your family. Some people work with their family and it's like easy breezy, but I'm really strong-willed and so are most of my family members. They're big Italian family. So lots of personalities in the room. Yeah. Yeah. What was the biggest thing you learned from working at a fitness company? Because for background, First Form, they sell supplements, Mm -hmm. which I think they're one of the largest supplement companies. I think so now. Yeah. Yeah. In the world, would you say, or in the US? Yeah. So I think um, they're definitely, I think they've gone global. Yeah. So they um, they also have an app that connects you with a real life advisor who works in their headquarters in St. Louis, who will give you um, nutrition advice or answer any questions that you have, which is a great resource. I think the app is like only like 12 or $13 a month, which is huge. You also get like eight or 12 different like programs in there. Anything from like CrossFit style training to bodybuilding to functional training to all sorts of different stuff. So they do make vitamins and supplements. They also help with like the applied side of nutrition and fitness, mm-hmm. um, which I think is important to know because, you know, they, I think a lot of times with supplement companies, it's like, yeah, we make supplements for big and bro and it's just like a lot. It's a lot more than that. But yeah, so my biggest takeaway, gosh, I don't know. There's, there's, that's so hard to like think about and put into one. Because how long were you there? I was there for like a year and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So while you think about that, I will say my boyfriend, he's a CrossFit coach, athlete, and personal trainer. He loves first form so much, takes it every day. Like his backpack is first form. That's awesome. He's a huge fan. So it's big. I think he's, yeah, and he's a big guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They work. That's amazing. Yeah. No, first form, first form is really, they do a lot of good things and, and they have some of the uh, cleanest supplements on the market too. Yeah. I think for me, personally speaking, I think was just learning my own potential. You know, I, I don't think I had ever really considered branching out and starting my own business or even like the belief that I would be capable of doing something like that. But that company is really so full of like go-getters and people who just are always striving to become better and pursue their fullest potential. And that was a huge game changer for me is just being in a room full of people who are highly motivated is one of the most powerful things that you can ever do for yourself. And yeah, so personally speaking, I think that fitness wise, gosh, I just learned so much of like the minute details of different types of training and how to train a specific way if you want to achieve a certain goal. And, you know, there's just so many layers to it and you can really nerd out on it if you want to. But yeah, I won't get into the nitty gritty right now. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's cool though. Yeah. And nutrition too. Nutrition. One of the biggest takeaways I took about nutrition is that it's so much simpler than our society makes it out to be. And I know that you guys are going to do a whole separate segment about nutrition, so I won't get super into it now. But yeah, I think society like just makes it so difficult for people to understand how to properly fuel their body. And it's really simple. And I don't want people to get confused when I say simple. That doesn't mean that it's easy because I think people oftentimes interchange those two words. And I don't think that you can interchange them. But when I say simple, I mean like 
eat primarily whole foods and eat nutrient-dense foods. And the less ingredients that you can find on the nutrition label, the better. And learning how to take an approach that's realistic for you versus trying to jump into one of these extreme quote-unquote diets like keto where you're cutting out an entire food group. I always say that, and I don't really subscribe to the word diet, but kind of a motto that like my boyfriend and I try to follow. And my boyfriend was also, he owned a gym before he owned the coffee shop. He owned it in upstate New York and he did a lot of nutrition coaching one-on-one and was really successful with it. So um, one of the things that we talk about is the best diet is the one that you can stick to, obviously within reason, because you have to make it worth it to fit your goal. But if you can't see yourself doing this a month from now, two months from now, a year from now, then likely it's not the right fit for you. So that's something that I think was a huge takeaway for me, learning how to just understand like what is a macro? What is it? And for the record, I don't macro track anymore. I did while I worked there. And I think it's a great tool for everybody to become aware of like what, you know, what a carbohydrate is, what a what protein looks like, what an adequate serving of protein looks like at a meal. And the more that you do that, the more that you can kind of begin to understand what a proper nutrient-dense diet looks like for you. But I don't think it's a forever thing. Mm -hmm. Some people do stick to it forever. But for me and for most people that I've encountered in that space, it's just not, it's a tool. It's a stepping stone. So yeah. I kind of see 75 hard as a similar tool. Like I have done it three-ish times now, I think. Either fully finished twice and missed it on the third or something like that. Mm -hmm. But familiar enough with it that I learned a lot of principles during that time that now I can apply into my daily life. And would you say that if you actually took the time to track your macros, that that could have a similar effect of knowing that stuff? A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's so important because so often, like especially in the United States and with marketing and media, like looking at things that our society deems healthy, like for instance, high protein is such like a, a buzzword these days. And like, it'll be like high protein, whatever recipe or high protein brownie or whatever. Like you can look at the macros on this high protein brownie and it's like four grams of protein, which is not really very much at all. It might be higher (laughs) than a traditional brownie, but also like then a lot of times you look at the ingredient list and there's a ton of other just BS that's added in that you might as well have been better off just eating a real brownie and drinking a protein shake alongside of it. You know what I mean? So I think um, when it comes to nutrition, I have a more like holistic approach on, on that side of things. Granted, I still go out to eat all the time. I still eat processed foods every once in a while. But um, I think the more that you can focus on like fruit and meat and milk or, you know, yogurt or whatever. Cottage cheese has been a huge thing in my house lately. I love mm-hmm. cottage cheese. Been on a huge cottage cheese kick. Um, but yeah, I think I think that like I don't our bodies are just not made to ingest all of this processed, yucky, nasty stuff. Which is funny because it's not funny. But this is funny that I actually went to school at Mizzou for food science and nutrition. So I would have been on the food processing side of things as like a food chemist or someone working for like Kellogg's, for example, making Fruit Loops taste like Fruit Loops. And so like my entire nutrition philosophy has done like a 180 ever since I entered the fitness industry because 
prior to, like I vividly remember sitting in a class and one of my professors saying, oh yeah, this ingredient that is used in enriched white bread in the United States is also used in yoga mats to make them springy, but it's totally mm-hmm. safe for human consumption. And I was like, make that make sense. Like how, how we have like, I think it's upwards of 30 ingredients in the United States that are banned in the EU for human consumption. Yeah. I would imagine it's even more. I'm sure. I, I'm sure it's more, but yeah, it's, it's just wild to me to think like what we allow people. And for the same product side by side, it's like, we'll have American yeah. Skittles and then Europe Skittles, mm-hmm. American Mountain Dew, Europe Mountain Dew. And it's like, if they can make it without those ingredients in other countries, why is it still poison in the United States? It really makes it. you wonder why and like what the intention is behind allowing us to continue to ingest those ingredients. But. I will say people speaking up is making the companies change. Not that I'm ever going to go buy those, but I saw now that Kraft mac and cheese doesn't use yellow 30 mm. anymore Yeah, because everyone was buying Annie's. They're buying all the other brands. So I'm sure they saw a little dip. Yeah. They're like, okay, I guess we'll cave. <laughs> but yeah. like, what, it's going to make it five cents more expensive to yeah. manufacture. Like, it's all about profits, I'm oh, sure. I know. I know. Well, going back to working out, mm-hmm. you said that when you stopped doing college sports, you got into lifting and like that more traditional sense mm-hmm. of working out. For anyone who maybe wants to get into that or maybe they just want to take their fitness more seriously, what would you recommend? Would you recommend getting into lifting? Because I think I saw now that you said that you do more like group fitness classes. Mm-hmm. So tell us where you're at that and maybe what you recommend for someone who wants to really step into their, their best version of themselves physically this year. Yeah, absolutely. So I think... I have a similar philosophy for training as I do for dieting, quote unquote. And that's like whatever you feel like you will enjoy and stick to for at least a few months. You know, Mm -hmm. it can be daunting when you decide to make a change to jump into something new. And so it's okay to like jump around a little bit and figure out what it is that you want to do. You know, don't feel like you have to pigeonhole yourself into one thing. And also don't let social media affect you to the point where you feel like, I think it's big on the fitness side of TikTok right now. I see like all these people in a traditional bodybuilding gym with like the super dark exposure and just this, these hardcore motivational sounds. And it's like, that doesn't have to be what fitness looks like for you. And I think for me, that was what was accessible at the time was a more traditional sense because I was in college and had access to this gym. But what I would recommend absolutely if you go the more strength training, functional training, bodybuilding side of fitness, get a program. Find someone who you feel like is reliable. And people like to rag on fitness influencers, but there are fitness influencers who have really great programs out there. I would assume that Sydney's is pretty awesome. I know you've had her on before, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think that she would have a great program. There's So anyway, look for a good program because there's it's not that there's no benefit, but you're going to see so much more benefit if you go through progressive overload, which is... Mm-hmm basically pushing yourself week over week and targeting different muscle groups and making sure that you're not just going in. I think a lot of times when people come into the gym at first, they've watched like a YouTube video and they know how to do like these five exercises. And so they go in and they do the same five exercises every time they go to the gym, which is not necessarily bad, but also you're going to really fatigue those muscles. You're not going to see the fullest benefit. And you know, it's, you're going to see much more improvement in your strength and just the way you feel when you come at it from a program progressive overload type of thing. And a program really, for those of you guys who just don't know, is like an outline of what you will do at the gym 
gym, it gives you how many reps to do, how many sets to do. And a lot of times now with people with different trainers, they'll actually provide like video demos, which Mm -hmm. can alleviate a lot of anxiety when you see like American kettlebell swing and you're like, what the heck is a kettlebell swing? And you don't want to like seem awkward trying to figure out how to do it in the gym. A lot of them will provide a little video demo and yeah, it's super helpful. So that's how I started out. But now I'm kind of at the point where I think that movement in and of itself, no matter what kind, is more beneficial than no movement at all. And I have found a gym. It's called F45. Some of you guys might be familiar with it. It's functional training. You come in, it's 45 minutes long. They do like a video demo of what exact exercises you're going to do that day. You do a little quick two-minute warm-up and then you're at it. And in 45 minutes, you're done. And there's an awesome community there. There's other people in the room pushing themselves as hard as they can. And I'm so competitive. I'm like, I've never met this lady next to me in my life, but I'm going to kick her ass. Like, like, it helps push me like an extra step. So really, and it's, it's been very fluid for me throughout my life of like, you know, I went from one sport to another sport, to lifting, to Pilates, to, you know, functional training to CrossFit. I did CrossFit for like a year and a half while I was working at First Form. And I loved it. If I had more access to a CrossFit gym, I probably would do it. But it's also really rough on your body sometimes if you're not careful. But I loved it. I don't miss it so much. But yeah, so definitely you got to find what's right for you. But also if you're going the more like traditional lifting route, then I would suggest getting a program for sure. In some ways, though, how you're saying now you're a member at 45 and you're consistently going in different terms, like that is kind of your program, though. Like you're Mm -hmm. not following a scheduled program, maybe. But I'm thinking about this from what I know, which is more of a business side. And if someone wanted to start a business and they just willy nilly did all the stuff, it's like, okay, maybe I'll like work on a website a little bit today. Okay, maybe I'll think about the logo. Maybe I'll start ordering some inventory. Like they could maybe accomplish everything in time, but it could be a little more stressful, could yield slower results. But if you followed a how to start a business program, like with a mentor who would take you to in the right steps, you might actually stick with it, not feel as discouraged and see those results that you want. So I think for myself, because physical fitness is something I could really improve, I need to apply what I already know in my life to fitness. And I was watching this uh, TikTok live about this girl. It's like, if, is anyone here good with numbers, like with money? Okay, if you're overweight, but you're good with money, it's the same thing. If you are going into debt, that's the same thing as gaining weight. So you need to make more money to not have debt or spend less. And then same with food, not do that. And so I think with you saying the program, like we all have an area that we're good at, that we're kind of following this type of program in our own lives. And if fitness is something that's new to someone, how a program could be really beneficial. Yeah, I think that is such a good perspective. Absolutely. And I see it being in the fitness industry. I've seen it work in opposite ways, the same way that you just said, but reverse it. So people who tend to excel well in fitness, you can tell that they have really strong self-discipline and a really strong work ethic. And that translates to other areas of their life. Like typically... If you meet someone who's really invested in their fitness, you and you talk to them, they'll also excel in other areas of their life. And I feel like it's almost like a chicken or the egg situation, Allison, with what you said. Like if you're excelling in one area, it is super translatable to fitness and vice versa. That's a really awesome perspective. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. Moving into, like you said, finding something that you like. Do you have any tips for someone who needs help finding what they like? And then how often do you think 
is a good amount to say that you're really prioritizing your fitness and your physical wellness to be going to said gym or yeah, studio. What do you think? So I think... And Kara, I know that you're doing this right now with ClassPass, which is so fun. Well, thanks to Allison. Allison got me into it. That's amazing. Yeah, no, ClassPass is fairly new to me, but I think that that's such a cool thing. Like, what Mm -hmm. a cool idea. I'm so glad that somebody capitalized on that for the benefit of so many new people. Yeah, I think that like trying out group fitness classes, if you know someone who is involved in fitness, maybe just asking if you could tag along with them one day, you YouTube is great. I got super into yoga over COVID on YouTube and learned how to do all sorts of funky random things. So I think definitely like allowing yourself the space to try out new things because you're not going to know, like you have no experience in this realm. And it's not fair of you to try to pigeonhole yourself into one thing just because social media or your best friend or your dad or whomever tells you that this is what you quote unquote should be doing. Mm -hmm. I know people who do pole dancing classes and they're some of the most shredded people I've ever seen in my life. That stuff is so hard. Have you ever taken a pole dancing (laughs) class? No, I want to. Oh my gosh. It is so difficult. But, you know, so it really truly is so personal. And and I feel like you can look at it in the sense of like, it's the it's wide open spaces. Like it's yours for the taking and you don't have to stick with one thing forever. Mm-hmm. Granted, you are going to see better results if you pick one thing and stick to it for a relatively prolonged period of time, just because that's how programs or progressive overload tend to work. But if you you know, for a year do CrossFit and then you decide that you need to take a little break and you switch to F45 and like it's truly movement is better than no movement. And the United States specifically is so sedentary these days that going back to the second part of your question, I think that people should be getting some sort of movement in every single day. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, that doesn't mean that you need to be like doing a 12 mile run every day or whatever. You know, it's a a 25 to 30 minute walk outside, go get some sun on your face, like get your body moving. It's so good for your mental health too. And I think that's something that like, I don't know, I know that like hot girl walks became or like going on a little mental health walk became kind of trendy. But like, I think that's something that society misses as a whole. Like we get so focused on working out because we want to like look a certain way. And I think that truly like the most important thing for movement is that it elicits a result of feeling good mentally. And it also helps you build confidence in yourself because when you say that you're going to do something and you actually keep the promise that you make to yourself, like that's how you build confidence. It's not built on looking a specific way or fitting a specific size of jeans or whatever. It's truly making a promise to yourself, saying that you're going to do something and showing up and actually doing it. And those little habits, I think that's why fitness is so powerful and empowering because it has the ability to create self-confidence in that way and build discipline. And that's really what makes it carry over to a bunch of different areas of our life. Yeah. So I think if you can get movement in every day, that's great. You know, A great example of that actually is my mom. So she works at First Form 2. I know I mentioned that, but she lost 40 pounds in I think like nine months just by walking. Yeah. Just walking. Mm-hmm. And she was not like overweight, super overweight to begin with, but she like took 
ownership of her food and realized like she was only eating like 800 calories a day. Like she was severely under eating because she would just get busy and like not make it a priority. And she like actually started eating enough and added in a walk every day. And she dropped 40 pounds like in a significantly short amount of time, like pretty impressive. So you don't have to overcomplicate it. Like it's, you don't have to go crazy and go to like hit hit workouts every single day. Like just because you're sweating a ton or you're super sore doesn't mean the workout is more or less effective. It's just whatever truly feels right for you in that moment. I'd actually love to hear you go into not eating enough. Oh, yeah. This is my favorite topic. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. But I do think it's so important. So I think it's like 1,400 calories. It's either 12 or 1,400, so don't quote me on that, is the recommended calorie intake for a toddler. So I think we, especially as women have like society has kind of told this narrative that like, oh, you should starve yourself to lose weight or drink coffee to suppress your appetite or smoke cigarettes. That's not really as common anymore, but at one point. So the more that you feed your metabolism, the faster it will run, Mm -hmm. the better it will run essentially. And this is a very like cliff notes version of like metabolic rate. So everybody has like their resting metabolic rate, which basically is like, if you don't leave your bed, this is how much just by keeping yourself alive, like how many calories your body will burn, right? So the more muscle that you have, the more your body is going to consume because muscle takes more ucky than fat cells do. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it as your body is a machine and you're giving your body food as fuel, because that's ultimately what food comes down to, right? Is it's fuel for your, your cells and to keep you alive. So if your body is not getting the adequate amount of nutrients that it needs, in extreme cases, it it essentially like turns, it it thinks that you're starving it, right? So when you're starving, you're not going to get rid of your most calorie dense portions of your body, right? So fat is fuel storage in your body. And so a lot of people think like, oh, if I just don't eat, like I'm going to lose weight. And it's very possible you may, but when it comes down to it, your muscles and your organs um, are all made of the same type of amino acids and cells, but your body is obviously going to prioritize keeping your organs alive versus your bicep because it needs your heart way more than it needs your glue or your, you know, whatever. So a lot of times when people under eat, they will basically, there's like this term used in the fitness industry of like skinny fat and not to say that that's right or wrong, but that's just a term where basically your muscles start to, your body starts to disintegrate your muscles and uses those amino acids for other organs or more essential parts of your body. And so what you're left over with is a more like fat, quote unquote, flabby. I don't like using that term, but um, it's thrown around a lot in the fitness industry version of the body. And so I think that like a lot of times when people, and that's why like I think, and I'm glad to see that protein has been on the upswing and people talking about protein and the, how important it is because all every cell in your body has protein in it in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And it's so important, not only for your essential organs, but also to help build up your muscle tone, which people would say, oh, I always want to like tone up. And really what they mean is lose fat and gain muscle so that I look toned or whatever. That's just a very hot button term in the fitness industry too. And in order to do 
do that, you really have to make sure that you're fueling your metabolism. So if if you're not eating enough, your body is essentially going to hold on to all the things that, you know, is going to prolong its life if it keeps not getting food, right? The more that you feed your body the right nutrient-dense foods, the more that your metabolism is going to pick up, the faster you're going to burn calories, the more you're going to be able to, you know, see that fat reduction and muscle gain. And, And it's a longer process than people think too. Like there's no super quick fix in fitness. And if there is one, you probably don't want to do it because it's not good for you long term, you know? So don't buy into all those like flashy marketing, like that's really gimmicky type of trying to get you type of thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Did that explain that well though? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I just think it's good, especially for women, like you said, to hear that like to give people permission to eat enough in a day. Eat. Oh my gosh. Food is so good, man. I just, <laughs> and and that's, you know, obviously like there are extreme cases of people who suffer with eating disorders and by no means am I giving advice to those women. I'm not qualified to do that at all. So, but for the average person, food is so powerful. It's such an enjoy, it should be such a a place of enjoyment and like you can make it fun and delicious. Like there's just so much that you can do with it and it's so good for you. Like really we have to stop thinking about food as this like toxic, like bad, evil thing. Like food is fuel, food is love, food is life. It's so good. I love it. I love eating, (laughs) if you can't tell. (laughs) What's your favorite meal, go-to meal? Oh my gosh. Like healthy meal or unhealthy meal? Both. Let's do both. So a lot of times like when I will cook for myself, I like to use like a protein and a carb and then just switch up the spice or the sauce. That's like a Mm -hmm. hack that I found with like meal prepping. So a lot of times I'll eat some form of like ground beef and rice or chicken and rice. And like one week I'll get a can of like or a jar of tikka masala sauce Mm -hmm. and do like chicken tikka masala. Or the next week I'll do like salsa chicken in the crock pot or whatever. Like it's, I eat very basic things, but when you change it up enough, like it still keeps it interesting and still keeps me like, yeah, I actually enjoy eating this versus like trying Mm -hmm. to like eat plain chicken and plain rice and then getting two weeks in and being like, oh my God, I can't eat any more chicken rice ever again (laughs) in my life. (laughs) Gosh, unhealthy food though. Mm, I love pad thai. I love it. Yeah. There's a place in South County, if any of you guys are in St. Louis, it's it's literally called Pad Thai, but it's <sighs> off Tess on Ferry Road and it's my favorite place ever. It's so good. As an Italian, I thought you were going to say pasta. I do love pasta. <laughs> I know. I know. I do love pasta too. It's such a toss up, but yeah. close second. <laughs> okay. You know how everyone has like their, if you have like a sweet tooth at night or you like love salty things. What is your craving and what, how do you curb those cravings or go about them in a healthy way? Hot take. I really don't curb those cravings. I think so. I usually try to follow like an 85-15 rule when it comes to nutrition. And truly, like, I don't think any sort of extreme is good in that realm because again, when you cut out something like it's, it's the same thing. Well, not really. It's, it's similar. Like if you ate McDonald's every single day of your life, and then one day you tried to not eat McDonald's ever again, like how long do you really think that you're not going to be able to eat McDonald's if you went every day of your life eating it? Like, it's just Mm -hmm. not a realistic expectation. And you know, some people will disagree with me on that stance and that's totally fine. But I have like, I have a little sweet tooth for sure. And honestly though, I like keep a little bit of like chocolate, dark chocolate or candy or something in my house. And I will like finish dinner and then I'll have one. But I have also like built myself to the point of self-discipline where I I 
trust myself only to eat one. Mm -hmm. Some people are not at that point yet. And and in that case, like there are other things that like I can't trust myself to do that with like chips or like cookies or which are things that like I won't even keep in my house. I won't even buy at the grocery Mm -hmm. store. And so you really just have to figure out like what the right approach is. For some people, that's like a little bit every day. For some people, that looks like one meal every week. Like it's, if you don't trust yourself to have it at home, then treat yourself to a day out, you know, like it's, and I, I, a dinner out. I think that's where a lot of people are like, I'm having a cheat day. And then they just throw the whole day out the window. And it's like, well, let's do a cheap meal. Mm-hmm. And then we can control the rest of the day. And that way, the next day, you like avoid a lot of that like guilt that people feel when it comes to like, oh my gosh, I just threw that whole day out the window. Well, screw it. Now I'm just going to throw the rest of the week out the w- window. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, it's like if you got a dent in your car, would you go crash into a light pole? Like that's kind of the, you know, the yeah. s- similar like mentality. I feel like. Like it's just, there's so many extremes in the fitness industry. And I think moderation is so important. Yeah. But having maybe like you said, a dark chocolate instead of... Yeah. Yeah. You can make those Yeah. You can make healthy switches or whatever. Like I switch it for fruit or like sometimes I'll have a smoothie after dinner and that hits the spot. Like it's really just like with a McDonald's reference, like maybe you have it once a week now and then you make your own burger at home or like you learn how to make really good air fryer fries or whatever. Like there's so many different like slow progressions of like eating it every day to eating it sometimes to making your own to scaling it back to this. Like, and it doesn't have to be like an overnight switch. Yeah. Like I love Chick-fil-A. I've never been one of those people that goes every week and has the app, but I do love Chick-fil-A, but I've found a way to make chicken at home. Mm. So good. And I just buy the sauce. But then Mm. eventually I'm sure I can find a recipe at home where I can just make my own sauces. Even the sauce is full of nasty ingredients. I know, but it's It's, so good. It's so good. (laughs) But like, I feel like that's a good progression of going all the time. Okay. Making the chicken marinating it in pickle juice or whatever those tricks are and still buying the sauce. But then hopefully eventually I can get to the point where I can just make my own. Yeah, totally. Iteration, it still like hits the spot. Oh, so good. The peach milkshake. Oh, I wish it was year round. It's so good. Yeah, I never tried that. I'll add that to my list. Well, I think we should do our last question. Is there anything else you want to say to anyone who's really feeling inspired to take control of their physical wellness? You can do it. I think that's so, I mean, you don't need permission, but I give you permission to explore your fullest potential in the physical realm. Like it's, it's so doable and don't get discouraged when you don't see results or feel results right away. I think there's some, oh, there's some like corny saying, but it's kind of true where it's like in three weeks, you'll feel it in five weeks. Like you'll notice, you know, your clothes fit differently in eight weeks. People will start saying things to like, which obviously I think fitness is so much more than just how you look. I touched Mm -hmm. on that earlier, but it's truly a reason why a lot of people do get into fitness. But yeah, just you are so capable of even more than you give yourself credit for. I think that's like my biggest takeaway with physical health and the rest of life is people are just so much more capable than than they think they are. So dream big and go for it and just keep showing up. Consistency is the hardest thing. But truly, if you pick something and you're consistent at it, you're going to see results. There's, It's impossible that you won't. So that's be consistent and, and just believe in yourself. Yeah. Okay. And wrapping up, we ask all of our guests this special question as this is the Artie Friends podcast to you, Grace, what makes a good friend? Good. Yeah. I, I feel like loyalty for me, just because it's my number one p- personal value, I'm like 
I would like die for my people. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I just really strongly appreciate people who feel the same way about me. A lot of times that like makes my circle a little bit smaller, but you know what? That's okay. I'd rather have people who I could go to battle with than people who I would show up to battle and they'd be running the opposite direction, you know? <laughs> They're running away. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Are you a Leo? No, I'm not. I'm a Libra, actually. So, Oh, same. Are you? When's your birthday? Mm -hmm. October 11th. Okay. I'm the 21st. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Libra gals. I wonder if you have Leo in your chart because that's like the main thing about Leos. Oh, is Can loyalty? I figure that out like without knowing my birth time? No. Damn. I, my mom knows knowing. it. It's well, in a baby book. Time. Is the time just your rising or does that affect everything? Maybe I it doesn't answer that question. I'm not sure. I it's in a baby book somewhere. My poor mom, she had a little bit of a traumatic birth experience with oh. me, so she doesn't know. She's like, I'm not, <laughs> like, not open. I'm that. like, mom, when was I born? She's like, I don't know. I was under general anesthesia. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, sick. Off, <laughs> Sorry, off I'll year. find it in the book. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so yes, much for being thank here. Thank you. Plug yourself. Where can people find you? Yes. Anything exciting you want to promote? Sure. Well, I am on Instagram, TikTok, also kind of YouTube, but I haven't touched on forever. And it's all, my handle is just at Grace Versella, which is my name. You can take a little peek at the description to see how it's spelled. Everyone wants to throw a C in my last name and there's no C. No C. But yeah, no, uh, come to the coffee shop. Come hang out with us if you're local or if you're passing through, we get tons of visitors. We're right downtown or near downtown in St. Louis. It's not as scary as everyone makes it out to be. <laughs> You're going to be A-okay. Just come see us. We're really friendly. That's awesome. It's not sketchy at all. It's not. It really is not. So, yeah. Cool. Thank you so much, oh, guys. Thank you so, so much for taking time to do this episode with us. Of course. I hope it was valuable to everyone. Yes, I think it absolutely was. Well, that was another episode of Already Friends. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. 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 Okay, wait, really quick before you go, if you want a chance to be the Artie Friends Listener of the Week, we have something for you. Leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And for bonus entries, there's so many ways to support our show. Share about us on your Instagram story, engage with us over on TikTok, post on our Facebook group, join the Patreon page, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure to send that rating and review to our Instagram page, Artie Friends Podcast, and we pick a new Listener of the Week every Wednesday. We'll send you a $10 Visa gift card if you win, just as a way of saying thank you to buy you a coffee, buy you a sweet little treat, whatever you want. Thanks again, you guys. We appreciate you so, so much. And we'll catch you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 
96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.